The password, please. Password? We don't know anything about a password. Earthquakes and hotcakes, that's it! Come on in, kids. Glad your folks let you come visit. Hello, I'm John J. Thompson, and on this special episode of the True Tunes podcast, we're digging deep into the archives to unearth some significant history for you, in honor of the pre-release, for Kickstarter backers only so far, of the amazing Randy Stonehill tribute album, There's a Rainbow Somewhere, we are thrilled to present a previously unheard, hilarious, and very revealing interview I conducted with Randy and Phil Keggy back in 2009, around the time of the release of their album, Mystery Highway. Just whop those drums, Johnny. I love that. There are laws of life in motion Put into play by the hand of God You must be some gambling fool If you think it's cool to try to beat those odds Don't you feel like Helen Keller Such a stranger in this place Or a lonely Russian cosmonaut That's floating out in space Don't call your doctor Here's the backstory. I was tapped to write about the album for Christianity Today, and I think I may have written a feature interview for another magazine as well. I had been producing a very simple podcast for HM Magazine and the Cornerstone Festival at the time, and had previously hosted a show on XM Satellite Radio called The Retreat. I had developed an idea for a new show, one that would feature relaxed conversations, music clips, and more. Phil invited me to conduct this interview at his studio so we could get good quality audio, so I could produce what would be the pilot episode of what I was then planning to call the 33 and a third podcast. The conversation was great, but the problem, however, was that I had to do all the production myself. I worked on it in the songwriting studio that I managed at EMI, my day job at the time, for several long, frustrating nights. I got it done, but it wasn't great. Some of the levels were off, and it took me hours upon hours to even get it to a listenable state. In the end, as fun as this episode was, I decided that I could not launch that podcast. I just couldn't do this on my own. I didn't have my own studio at the time, or the equipment, or the time. So, this interview languished on various hard drives as the vision for a rich, conversational podcast with excellent music and a sense of purpose continued to come into focus. Here's a little Bible story A 
quick listen to the raw version of this will make everyone appreciate just how much Bruce A. Brown adds to the show you have all been enjoying. When I say I could not do this without him, you'll soon hear that I am not exaggerating. Once he got involved, we were off to the races. My friend Craig Hansen donated a couple of microphones and a preamp and showed me how simple an at-home studio could be. When the TrueTunes.com domain name was offered back to me, it was like the final piece had fallen into place. The 33 and a third podcast would become the True Tunes podcast, and I would not have to produce it on my own. Here they come! Here come the big guitars! Here they come, just rocking down the street. And yes, we do intend to have Sir Stonehill on the show for his own close-up soon. And if you missed our conversation with Phil Keggy, you really need to go back and listen to that one when you're done here, too. But this conversation, recorded 12 years ago, deserves to be heard in its own right. Randy comes completely and hysterically unglued more than once, and the two of them share how they met and lots of memories from those early, heady, world-changing Jesus Movement days. Bruce has gone in and remastered this as best he can, fixing many of my mistakes. You'll hear some music I put under the conversation at times, and there's nothing he can do to fix that. I'll send our Patreon backers a link to the raw file, though. You'll hear the true, unvarnished first attempt at what eventually became this finely tuned True Tunes podcast you all know and love. Before we roll the digital tape, though, let's take care of a little bit of housekeeping. True Tunes is on the road. I've been to Indiana, California, Tennessee, Iowa, and Illinois so far, and we are currently looking at opportunities around the country. These conversations have been really fun, with me bringing a turntable and some records and a guitar, and often finding artists or other special guests to join me. You can follow all of the action at truetunes.com events, and if you'd be interested in having me come speak in your neck of the woods, drop me a line at jjt at truetunes.com and let me know. I'm also excited to be aligning with the Porchlight Network for house shows. Porchlight is a growing network of house show venues around the country, and you can learn more at porchlight.art. So, for house shows, look me up at Porchlight. For schools, venues, churches, or other opportunities, just connect with me directly, and I'll see you on the road. I know some place you haven't been. I've been everywhere. Okay, on with the show. I take you now back in time, into the archives. In this case, to Phil Keggy's Kegworth studio on the outskirts of Nashville in the spring of 2009, where I had the distinct honor and privilege to visit with two of the most important artists I have ever known. All right, Bruce, roll the tape. I would love to hear, before we talk about this particular record, you guys just reminisce a little bit. Tell me about your first encounters with each other and how long you guys have known each other, the types of work you've done 
together. So what was a, Randy first, what was your first encounter with Phil Keggy? When was the first? Do you remember when you first met him? I remember seeing Mr. Keggy through the prison bars. And I <laughs> yeah. thought, you know, I just know this man is innocent. And I'm going to stand by him. <laughs> of course, then when I saw his shiv, I had to do a rethink. But that's all right, because I garnered a respect that, that maybe I would not have had previously. What is wrong with me, and why can't I just focus on reality now? <laughs> These are precious moments of your life, which you will never regain. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I blame only myself. I feel so small and so ashamed, and yet exhilarated. Jeez, I'm, I'm exhausted now. It's, okay, but, but in truth... What I love about Randy's sense of humor is that there's always a conclusion. Which is better than a contusion. Yeah. There's not always a cliffhanger. You know, tune in next week. You know, there's, there's, there's an immediate payoff. Oh, there you go. That's pretty good. Uh, born free. Yeah, I recall that wonderful day um, back in Cincinnati at some outdoor concert event uh, in, the, in the drizzling rain. Um, and... Um, of course, let me think. I think what I recall, it started raining. We actually, I saw you. We moved it indoors, and that's when I really saw. That's it. what. That's when we actually met. Yeah, right. I mean, Lamb was playing, and I obviously, I remember watching them. It was the first time I ever saw Joel and Rick playing. Uh, Joel Chernoff, Rick Coghill, and um, very cool. And Glass Harp was to play that day. Larry Norman was billed that day, and Randy was th- to be there. And then it started raining, got overcast, and they said, "Let's we're gonna move this whole event indoors somewhere." Right. So in the meantime, I'm I, I, I'm invited to your your guy's hotel room because yeah. we drove down, and I drive back after the thing because I lived in Ohio at the time, and so I remember just sitting. Both of you were just standing by the window, and I'm sitting by the desk on a chair, looking up at you, and 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 they both have this look like. Cheshire cats. They really did. <laughs> that day we became friends. You know, we were all in those days delighted to meet fellow musicians who were following Jesus. I mean, it was a big deal to me. And so when I started discovering Larry and Randy and Chuck Gerard, Tommy Coombs and the guys in Love Song and uh, became friends with all these people, Paul Clark in, the, in those days, Barry McGuire, it was pretty special to meet musicians who were following Jesus. So... That's how it was. That's the first day we met. We became friends. We've been friends ever since. Do you remember yeah. what year that was? Seventy-one. Seventy-one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I and I recall summer like seventy-one. Yeah, and I recall, like I said, being in this at this the concert event in Cincinnati. It started. I'd done my set. Uh, then shortly thereafter, they moved everything inside, and then it was okay. And I was in the audience watching you with with glass harp. And it just dropped my jaw. I just thought, oh, this is... Do you know what I recall about that auditorium they put us in? It was a very shallow stage. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it was like kind of as a semicircle. And it was wooden. I, I recall I wow. recall the room. And, uh, and I remember us doing our thing, you know. We, uh, we, we uh, had a, a kind of a, our own unique thing going, the glass harp. And uh, because we didn't know what else to do but to do what we did, what we grew up to do. You know, uh, I was a believer. The other guys were Catholic brothers, yet to experience new birth, I think, as I was a Catholic person waiting for a new birth. 
like Nicodemus was a mm -hmm. Jewish follower <laughs> of Jesus, and Jesus explained the new birth to him. I mean, we, uh, we just uh, we knew that we were given this talent, and I was kind of like directed in this, I was placed in this position, this, this group, so were they, and it almost like something was happening in our lives without a whole lot of control. Just God's spirit was moving. We were just following, doing the best we can. And uh, it's a little hard to explain. It's a long time ago. I feel like a lot of us at that time had that same sense that, that, that we were just being propelled by the wind of the Spirit. We weren't quite sure where it was heading. We just knew it was real and it was vital. And we just were trying to listen and obey and use the gifts we've been given. Uh, but I just was so delighted to see you in the auditorium that day because I just thought, here's a guy who just, he sings like Paul McCartney and he plays a guitar like he has an invisible third hand and I just thought oh here's a guy um, I can relate to as a brother and as a musician and see that's why I I sort of suspect that that's why Larry and I had the those grins on our faces because we knew that we there was we had some some musical and spiritual vision mm -hmm. we, we were we were growing something that we thought was pretty unique and vital back in California and and I just recall um, you know, looking at you thinking, well, this guy, this guy should be in the circle, you know. And so I, I think we were both, both Larry and I were thinking the same thing. And we, I, I, as I recall, in the hotel room, we were talking about, uh, you know, your, the course of your life or your future, the possibility of, we asked you if you'd consider the possibility of coming west. And uh, you were just, you know, very, very warm and just kind of open to open to the idea but what I think we were both as genuinely excited at what we saw you know in your both from your heart and your and your gifts we just went man this is great <clears throat> do you recall I was like carrying around some honey butter at all do you recall that I believe so because didn't I don it as a festive hair mousse <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was able to attract many bees. That would have taken a lot of butter because I saw your hair back and then. And bees yes. showed up. You know? <laughs> bees showed up. And then I realized I was allergic to bees. Uh, or not to bees. No, that's Shakespeare. But I was allergic. And then I I garnered a very, very swelled, very swollen cranial uh, region. Here's the thing. that I, 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 I kind of recall. No, I don't recall. But I was, I was fighting a, a sore throat. 
And someone said, you know, this hun- this honey butter, you know, if you, if you, this will be good good for your throat. And I think I think I recall sitting watching the bands play. This is before we all moved inside. Oh. Enough of this. Well, let's move on to another day. Sorry. <laughs> okay. We're gonna have that whole day like minute by minute mapped out. Yeah. We'll make a film for it. After that day, and as the road went on, you you played with Love Song for a time, but mm-hmm. you weren't on the Larry Norman, Randy Stonehill records. You no. weren't, you know, so it seemed like they were different camps. But then when your first mm-hmm. solo record came, or your second record came out, had a Randy Stonehill song on it. Yes, Love Broke Through, and mm-hmm. um, I so, met Keith Green that month that I recorded Love Broke Through in 1976. It was May 76, and uh, I was really delighted to find out that he had written it with you. Oh, uh-huh. Like a dreamer who was trying to build a highway to the sky All my hopes would come tumbling down And I never knew just why Until today when you pulled away the clouds That hung like curtains on my eyes I was blind all these wasted years and I thought I was so wise But then you took me by surprise Like waking up From the longest dream How real it seems Until first time I ever heard it was he sang it at the piano to me and Annie and Buck Herring, Annie Herring, Buck Herring, and Bernadette. Sat there and, and I remember he had a way of just looking at you when he sang a song, he just look, looking at you. I think you wrote a lot of the words to that. Yeah, I wrote most of the, the lyrics. Most of the lyrics at his... <coughs> Todd Fishkin wrote the melody to the chorus, from what I recall. And, right. And, and, and apparently Keith did the rest, huh? Yeah, Keith started working on the melody for the for the verse, and then he called me mm-hmm. um, and just insisted that I come to his house. He insisted that I go and make a demo of that song with him within a day. The next day, he comes to the house, Buck's house, and he helps me carry my, my guitars. I, I had a Strat and a Les Paul and a Deluxe Reverb, and he had me put him in his car, and I remember Buck going... Hey, brother, where are you going with my artist? <laughs> he goes, I'll have him back in a few hours. But yeah, we, we kept... We did. I've heard that demo, too. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's pretty special. Yeah. Ooh, I'd like to hear that sometime. Yeah, you never heard that, huh? No. Like a dreamer who was trying to build a highway to the sky All my hopes would come tumbling down And I never knew just why Until today when you pulled away the clouds that hung like curtains on my eyes But I've been blind all these wasted years And I thought I was so wise But then you took me by surprise Waking up from the Our lives kept intersecting, yeah, like that, 
and and we or we'd be co-build in some concert together and then we ended up um, just for fun we ended up you know playing Beatles songs backstage here and there yeah Yeah. I remember you used to come to Akron a lot play at Evangel Temple oh uh remember that place off by the highway the freeway I don't well I do remember your 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 jeans that had patches and holes and all kinds of like things that you're and be knitted back into it. I don't know. <laughs> That's right. It became this kind of rock and roll road map of. Yeah, it was. It was like your guitar case. Yeah. Your pants became your guitar case. Like yeah, that. that's right. We're going to step away from the special edition of the True Tunes podcast and my 2009 conversation with Phil Keggy and Randy Stonehill, but we will be right back after this. I want to send a big shout out and thanks to our newest Patreon members, Sean, Doug, and Paul. Our patrons support this show with monthly donations of $5, $10, or maybe $20, and that means so much here. In return, they get early access to episodes and they get high-quality, lossless wave files of each episode that they can download. We also have occasional Zoom meetups, some special live streams, and sometimes I send out special downloads from the archives as well. You can find out more about becoming a Patreon member by visiting patreon.com slash truetunes or finding the link on the show notes page. If an ongoing patronage thing is not the right fit for you, but you'd like to give us a tip to help us with the costs associated with this show, you can find links for that on the show notes page as well. One new way you can support this show is by checking out our brand new merch store at Threadless. Just head to truetunes.threadless.com to find all kinds of cool t-shirts, sweatshirts, masks, coffee cups, posters, notebooks, including two brand new rainbow designs. And when you order through this Threadless store, they make the products and ship them directly to you. We also still have some of the original TrueTunes shirts and our famous swag packs, including buttons, guitar picks, stickers, and patches, which you can order at truetunes.com. So get some cool stuff and put some gas in our virtual tank at the same time. Thanks. Okay, we are back with Master Phil and Sir Stonehill circa 2009 and live from Kegworth Studio outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And then there was you know, a period of about three, four years, I didn't see you much. We may have done a concert or two here and there. And then we started hanging out more. And then we we got involved with Compassion together. And we went to Haiti, you you did your song, Who Will Save the Children. And you invited me to uh, sing on that with you, which was really an honor, truly an honor. Great song. Thank you. We count our blessings one by one. Yet we have forgotten how to give It seems that we don't want to face All the hungry and homeless who struggle to live But heaven is watching tonight Tugging at our hearts to do what's right And we are His hands We are His voice, we are the ones who must make the choice. And if it isn't now, tell me when, 
children As we observe them through our TV screens They seem so distant and unreal But they bleed like we bleed And they feel what we feel Oh, save the children And Mark Hurd did the engineering, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, the late, great Mr. Hurd and then special. and then you and I even had more bonding time because compassion invited us to see the work in the field and they said look we'd like to take you guys to Haiti and and you and I were there had this unforgettable experience actually looking I mean experiencing life in a third world country doing that song um, for you know for the children and also the, and, and they filmed it I guess we did it on camera for a documentary that compassion Mm-hmm. was putting together That's so right. we, so that was a really important I think a real special chapter for you and me as friends yeah and as as uh, just collaborators or partners you know that was a real a really special it bonding was a real thing. bonding time it was great I remember cornerstone um, like the compassion all-star band at cornerstone I don't know if you guys were Rikua and Glenn oh yeah, Kaiser oh, yeah we and, did yeah, that yeah I remember that uh, well that was, that I was, was I was about 14 I think 15 no kidding yeah I was, you were that I was young? in the crowd right that day yeah Got well it. we were we were young too Phil you know because to the Lord a day is as a thousand years and Dude. a thousand oh never mind they're not buying it out there Oh, ye ancient of days, wheel them onto the stage now they'll be napping while we just play the CDs they're fatigued God love them but you know, yeah, that was an amazing thing, uh, doing Creation Festival with the Compassion All Star Band, because frankly, I think we had three shots at live performances that we were going to capture on tape. Uh-huh. One got canceled because of some scheduling glitch. Atlanta Fest got rained out, so all we could do was a glorified line check. So now all oh. the money's on the table. We have one performance to get it right. And that was and that's where the recording came from from yes. creation up in Pennsylvania. Yeah, oh, creation wow. cornerstone. And and I gotta say, I was just I, I even called Ray, my my dear buddy, you know, and I said, Ray, I'm just terrified, man. <laughs> I want I want this to be right for compassion. There's so much material to absorb and to get right. We've got one shot at it. I no. remember him saying, uh, or if you want to be grammatically correct, I'm haunted by the ghost of my dad. If, if I remember his saying. Um, look, Randy, don't don't tense up here. God's in the middle. You're with a great team of people. If 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 you're in the moment with God and remembering why you're doing this, the passion is what's going to speak. If you if yeah. it's if it's a note perfect performance, but you're so tense that it's just yeah. sterile, it doesn't matter. So I said, yeah, easy for you to say, sitting with your feet up on your desk back in. You know, back in Nashville, where I'm out here being terrified in my hotel room. But he was right. And then I remember the joy of standing on stage next to Mr. Kagey. Yeah. <laughs> Musicality par excellence. And, you know, I had Phil on one side. I had Rick Kua, mm-hmm. who's such a talent, such a joyous guy. Wonderful Margaret guy. Becker doing, you know, rhythm guitar and background uh, vocals. I just remember, yeah. you know, the band <laughs> was so so good that, that it, it really... I, you know, I felt my heels kind of raising up off the stage. It was just so inspiring. And we did have so much, there was so much fun and passion. I went down to the crossroads. Mm-hmm. 
And I fell down on my knees And I went down to the crossroads And I fell, and I fell, and I fell down on my knees yeah. Well, I said Good Lord, I'm on a back for mercy. Help me if you please. Please, please, please. That was a really good live album. And then, one of the great moments for you and me was here we are in front of probably 20,000 people and this was the kind of capper moment to make our statement for compassion. And, and the band kind of melted into the background. You and I went up with our acoustic guitars and, and started to do Who Will Save the Children. And the sky opened up. Listen, I have something I'd, I'd like to say before we do this song. And it's simply this, you know, time is precious and life is short. What on earth do we think this life is about? What on earth do we think it's about? Well, Jesus is very clear. He's very clear. And the Bible says that you seek to hold on to your life and you lose it. But if you lose your life for the sake of the gospel, if you lose your life to give away God's love to a hurting world, Surprise, surprise, you get your life back. And I cannot think. That's right. I cannot think of a better or more urgent way to give some of your life away than to reach out to help an innocent, needy child. And there's so many of them in third world countries all over the planet. I would like to know... Do you remember the arc of electricity between the microphone and the, the headstock of my Les Paul? No, I don't. There, there, was, there, was, there was a big blue arc. Wow. I could have gotten electrocuted, but somehow I didn't. But there was this three-foot arc 
from a microphone to the tuning wow. thing where my string connected and on that's, the head. So that's why the crew was looking at us with, with uh, they were, terror in their eyes. They were. Eyes. They had terror in their eyes. And, yeah, so there was this torrential downpour. Unbelievable. And people started, you know, obviously running for Wasn't there shelter. like a, all of a sudden, wasn't there like a mudslide being created not long after that? I'm serious. Yeah. I don't, I it was don't a know. Ma- major deluge. But I just remember that you and I both knew this was the moment. And I just had to say, you know what? Yeah, it's raining, but it's like God weeping for the children. And listen to me. You're going to get wet. I'm sorry about that. But there are children who are dying today. Yeah. And you got to move. Yeah, and you, you got to gonna... yeah. be Christians. And you got to do it now. Do it now. I started shouting. Yeah, I just you... knew this was the only shot I've got. My heart was pounding like a bunny rabbit. And I looked over to the wings and Tony Campolo who I just love, he was there with his arms folded across his chest, a big smile on his face, and he was like nodding in affirmation at at you and me, going, yeah, Yeah. tell it, boys. Yeah. And it was just such a special moment. Yeah. And then they did pull us off the stage. They went, look, you know what? You can't really be productive for the kingdom if you're dead. (laughs) Right. You know, so get out. You're going to get electrocuted. You know, Um, it's another really effective thing when it rains that much. It looks like you're really crying. (laughs) Not only that, you're sweating. You're the <laughs> or it hides the fact that you're really crying. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Phil Keggy, the hardest working man in rock and roll. No, it's, it's just, just raining. <laughs> Frankly, he's so darn good, he doesn't have to work that hard, and I resent him in Christian love. <laughs> darn it, I'm wrestling with my internal duality. I love him, I resent him, I love him, I resent him. Good, bad, angel, devil. Oh, am I saying this out loud? Oh, no. Back to the therapist's couch. <laughs> Now today, Randy, we're just going to try to say your name. Come on. You'll be confessing things you haven't done. That's right. Yeah. All right, it was me. I know about Jimmy Hoffa. Okay, man, I'm sorry. I, I, was, I just had too much caffeine. This is funny because I can totally see you just provoke because you know where it's going to go. You just throw the little bone oh, out yeah. there and he just runs out and catches I it. I don't even see what's Well, that, that, that's how the album got done. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he would make me laugh, puts me in a good mood. And I want to work when I'm in a good mood.
Phil Keggy and Randy Stonehill with a brand new version of a great song from the 1988 album Sunday's Child. That's the brand new one, just recently released. These two artists finally doing a full-blown studio record together, and man, what a treat it is. Uh, so again, uh, we want to thank Phil and Randy for taking so much time to talk. Uh, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, hope you enjoyed the snippets of songs there. And uh, again, this was the first episode of 33 and a Third, brought to you by Gyroscope Arts, and I am John J. Thompson, and I hope you had as much fun as I did. We will see you next time at 33 and a Third. If you have not had a chance to listen to There's a Rainbow Somewhere, the amazing Stonehill Tribute Project, it will be releasing to non-backers in early 2022. While you wait though, Bruce has put together this mashup medley to wet your whistle, as it were. Let her rip, Bruce. Welcome to the Wonderama, come inside. Welcome to the Wonderama, keep your eyes open wide it's never far from view hello welcome to the
about flying a kite It was Charlie who taught me the beauty of dreams He'd say life's so much more than it seems Like a foolish dreamer trying to build a highway to the sky All my hopes would come tumbling down And I never knew just why Until today when you pulled away the clouds that hung like curtains on my eyes I'd been blind all those wasted years And I thought I was so wise Then you took me by surprise So I'm packing up my old clothes My old and foolish ways No, they just don't seem to fit me Anymore, I can see the light of morning with different eyes today. So I'm giving my tomorrows to the Lord. Tonight, dark night, without a star to guide. child, come home. We will watch, we will pray, love will light your way, gently light a Phenomenal project. These new versions by people like The Lost Dogs, Ashley Cleveland, Sixpence, Michael Gunger, Sarah Groves, Amy Grant, Keggy, and so many others, man, it really reveals how strong Randy's songs are. These things are ready for a new generation to discover. We'll have more about that album and the artist that inspired it very soon.
And that's going to do it for this special edition of the True Tunes Vault. Thank you to Phil for opening his studio back in 2009 and to both Randy and Phil for their generosity and spirit. Maybe I'll find the rest of this conversation someday, but I'm sure glad everyone can at least hear this much. Thanks, of course, to Bruce A. Brown for his stalwart production prowess and for helping to rescue this show from my mediocre production clutches. Subscribing to the email list is important because that is the best way for us to let you know about new episodes of this show and articles we post at truetunes.com, as well as upcoming tour dates and more. It's so important, in fact, for us to build that list that we've been giving away stuff in a blatant attempt to bribe folks into signing up. So head over to truetunes.com and do it already. If you have not left us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, please do. The contents of the podcast are protected by U.S. copyright law and are the intellectual property of Gyroscope Productions, with the exception of songs or clips that are from previously copywritten materials. Everything on this episode is used by permission or under fair use provisions. This program is intended for the private use of our listening audience. Gyroscope Productions can be reached at jjt at truetunes.com or P.O. Box 60401, Nashville, Tennessee, 37206. Until next time, this is JJT reminding you that there is a rainbow somewhere, and if we can all just listen through the storm a little longer, I think we might hear it singing to us just around the bend. Peace. What can I say about our CD? It's, it's, there's a beautifulness about its beautifulness. The stunning gloriosity of its, of its celestial beautifulness is only eclipsed by the, sh- by the awesome magnitude of its magnitudinal, massive, largeosity. Musicalis importantis rex, I rest my tonsils.